great lovely people it's good to be back isn't it it's amazing to be back i have missed you all so much and it's 12 a.m and i'm recording and back to the daily life of a content creator we are currently working on a studio space and until then indulge my late night runs with you so we are back this is the second season and there are tons of stuff planned that hopefully god will not replan but until that time comes these are the activities lined up a general picture of what would be happening this season is that we would have introduction of new topics areas that i haven't ventured into we're talking about romantic music music from the romantic era right we'll be talking about music from underrepresented um, artists like women like black people like queer people Sally, this season we are doing great things and we are getting the studio space we are going all in guests like my buddies like those I invited last season new faces and this time it's my hope that I get experienced professionals I don't know how I'm going to pull it off but with my charm and my wit I will yes okay okay anyway that's just a bit about what's going to be happening this season a lot of rants a lot of talking but with more fun like we just vibe today unlike the energy that i've started with i would like to talk about seven pieces just seven no seven is too much let's say three all right i'll end up talking for about an hour and it's so am i i really have to sleep so three pieces so three pieces to accompany the feeling of grief on the side note i'm recording this episode on all souls day and those of you who are christians or those of you who are orthodox christians know the significance of all souls day and what all souls day means if you don't I, I, it's pretty self-explanatory in the name all souls and so these are three pieces to accompany the feeling of grief not very conventional i know but yeah i think you like it so the first is lavals by the famous french composer maurice ravel i always like saying french news Raphael, just like rose of it. Or is that Italian? I don't know if I'm doing it with an Italian accent, but it's working and I like it. Maurice Ravel in the year 1920. So the piece is often described as a choreographic poem for orchestra and it's known for its lush and intoxicating waltz rhythms. If you want to know more about waltz, 
you should check out more of Tchaikovsky's works and um, Chopin's waltz. They are they have more of like the traditional um, waltz feeling. Or you just punch waltz into your Spotify, you get something. Yeah. So it was initially conceived as a tribute to the Viennese waltz tradition, but it took on a new significance due to historical events and emotions it evokes. So it was composed in the year 1920, so I'm assuming it was in between wars or after the the, the Great War. Is that, is, is that a name? Great War? The First World War. Ravel began working on Laval's during the tumultuous period following World War One. So yes, after World War One, and the composition of the piece coincided with a period of, you know, great social upheaval, uh, economic resets, political upheaval in Europe, all over the world. Oh well, mostly in Europe, because like nobody took it harder than Europe. So World War One had just ended and the world was still reeling from the devastation of and, and like loss of life. So the traditional Viennese waltz, which had originally been a symbol of elegance and refinement, was also seen as a representation of this old European order that had been shattered by the war. So it really does justice to the Lavals by augmenting what we understood or what we understand by the traditional waltz rhythm. And Lavals can be seen as a reflection of this post-World War turmoil. And the transformation of the Lavals or transformation of the waltz from a symbol of nostalgia and elegance to a disorienting, almost nightmarish dance. The piece starts with a quiet and mysterious introduction that gradually builds in intensity and eventually erupts into this frenzied and chaotic world. On a side note, it was pretty much a characteristic of a composer from that era because most of them made use of the orchestra. Every instrument was, was used to the maximum. And the world's rhythm one so gracious and enchanting becomes disoriented and fragmented and it symbolized as i originally said the disorientation or the disintegration sorry of the new the old world order depending on how it's interpreted lavals can mean a lot of things some listeners hear a sense of nostalgia and longing for a bygone era whilst others listeners sense a feeling of unease, chaos, and death of tradition. Now, Ravel himself describes this piece as a kind of apotheosis of the Viennese waltz, but it's also evident that the work carries a sense of irony in the darker subtext, a true reflection of the complex emotions and uncertainties of the time.
Now, a, a bit about the composer himself. Maurice Ravel was a French composer known for his meticulous craftsmanship and innovation in orchestra. He was one of the leading figures in impressionist music. And if you'd want to know a bit more about impressionist music, I'll put a link down below to a video and to other podcasts from other sources about impressionistic music and expressionism and all of that that came with modern music. And Laval's exhibits some impressionistic elements in its use of color and timber. As the word says, uh, just a bit on that, impressionistic is what Ravel's impression of the music he was putting out. Right? So it's, it, 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 it speaks about his character on a very personal level. And he combines a lot of complex emotions and complex, you know, uh, a, a, a deconstruction of the world's form, right? Because of the nature of that particular time, the historical context. But also because he wanted to showcase his compositional and orchestral skills. Now, the second piece I'll talk about is one that is very, very, very personal. Not as personal as the third, though. That's why it's the last one. But um, I'll just do a breakdown in form of the history of the piece and emotional impact and a bit about the composer. So, second piece is the Adagio for Strings. And it's one of the most famous and emotionally powerful compositions by the American composer Samuel Barber. Now, Samuel Barber composed the Adagio for Strings in 1936, and it's the second movement of his string quartet Op 11. Now, the piece was later transcribed for string orchestra. Note the difference string quartet, just four strings, probably. Violin, viola, cello, double bass, or two violins, first and second violin, viola and cello, depending on his preference. And transcribed for a string orchestra, a larger setting, in 1936. And Samuel Barber was a young and talented composer for his time. And this composition was written while he was studying at the Curtis Institute of Music in Philadelphia. He was only in his mid-twenties when he wrote this piece. So it's worth noting that it's, I mean, genius is not limited to age, right? We've seen it throughout the history of, of classical music. Mozart, I mentioned Alma Deutschka. I keep messing up that name. I keep watching the name. God, when am I going to get this right? Alma Deutscher. I think that's it. I don't know. Check it out, guys. I have mentioned this before in the previous season, but she's it. She is now the future of classical music. So genius is not limited to age. I mean, Handel was writing well into his 70s. So 
Keep writing. The Adagio for Strings was performed in 1936 by the NBC Symphony Orchestra and was conducted by Arturo Toscanini, whoever that was. But he apparently did so well, the piece contributed to Barber's early recognition. Yay. Okay. The Adagio for Strings is it's mournful and emotionally charged and is characterized by its slow tempo, which is in the name, obviously, Adagio. Now, if I haven't done an episode on tempo, I probably will, but if I haven't done it yet, and yes, the informal music class would continue. So, buckle your seatbelts, hop on the wagon, jump on the phrases are finished but you get it and yeah so i'm looking for i'm not looking for but i'm planning an interview with someone that will talk about tempo so for now a slow tempo is adagio and this um, adagio for strings because of this slow tempo it gives it this like umbrella emotion of melancholy right solemnity you know solemnness something like that right but the choice the 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 use of the piece has also contributed to its emotional impact because if last year show pianga right if it was performed at funerals a lot more it will probably be accustomed to probably be accustomed to funerals or as, as funeral music as much as canon indeed is accustomed to wedding or with um you know marriage ceremonies similarly if canon indeed i know people can't probably imagine it but if it was used a lot at funerals the emotional attachment to the piece would be tied to grief as much as it is now tied to marriage so that is something you should think about how our brain works and how our mind perceives sound we hear. Adagio for strings was performed at like various funerals of like prominent people in society, right? So we have like Frank Roosevelt, Albert Einstein, Princess Grace of Monaco, and so on. And the piece has a like an amazing ability. I personally experienced it, and you probably will too. To evoke that mood of sadness and grief, right? Catharsis from you, even with you, or even when you think it doesn't exist, though it's not there. And it's also because of the structure or the harmonic progression of the piece i would want to demonstrate by playing a section from it but unfortunately i do not have my instrument around me and so i can't do that but i will put another video in the link below where you can check out one of my favorite composers of the modern age Nareso on um, YouTube. You can check her out, her breakdown 
of some of these pieces. Now, I've already mentioned Samuel Baba. He's an American composer. He was an American composer, died in the year 1981. And he was known for his lyrical and expressive style. And he's considered one of the most important American composers of the 20th century. Well, most people don't mention Amy Beach. I don't know why that is. But I, I would personally dedicate a whole whole series of episodes to Amy Beach because her choral works are from a place of genuine profound emotion can't stress that enough throughout his career back to Baba he received numerous awards and honors including two Pulitzer Prizes for music a prolific composer a diverse body of work that includes opera orchestral compositions, chamber music, and vocal pieces. In conclusion, the Adagio for Strings by Samuel Baba is a historically significant and emotionally powerful composition. It has resonated with audiences for decades thanks to its ability to convey deep emotion, deep and profound emotion. And it would remain in the classical and choral society for years to come ages to come actually now my third piece this is the one that is most dear to me a lot of you wouldn't be familiar with it it's very niche specific so it's a film piece and i'll continue to advocate that film music be regarded as classical music it has all the elements of classical music. Classical music, by definition, is any music at all that is structured in a complex way. Complex and structured way. Emphasis on the structure and complexity. It's not lost on Nicolas Brittel and his works, most of his works. If you're a fan of film music and a fan of TV shows, well, you might have probably not come into contact with his music. Because again, it's very, very target focused. You need to like follow him to be able to see stuff, much like Jacob Collier and like, you know, Rye and Charlotte Day Wilson, people like that, right? So the piece is. Adagio in C, Adagio in C minor, actually. And it was written for the first season of the HBO show Succession. I've already said here that I'm, I'm going to do an extensive breakdown of Succession's music. And this is not that episode. But this is just about Adagio in C. Now, what, what you should know about Succession, I'm going to go a, a bit off template here. I'm not going to do the whole, you know, composer history, all of that. He's a modern composer. He's still alive. He's maybe in his 30s, 40s. Amazing guy. Flowery personality. Lovely. Brilliant mind. So you can check him out. And um, if, if you know the HBO's show Succession, that's the thing about film music. It's to, to really 
be part of that message that is sharing the music. You need to understand what story it is telling. And the the the, the TV show is telling the story of of power, the succession of power, the movement of power in a family. And so some of the pieces in that album, the season one album of succession, some of the pieces are dedicated to some of the act, uh, the characters. But this one was a general statement on that, you know, back, bitter back taste of, of power, right? I hope you can relate to that. That after effect of the struggle of power or the struggle to gain power and you see throughout the show that all the characters are supposed to love each other they are family they have gone through traumatic events independently together but they are not able to love themselves well or they're not able to love themselves even though they want to because of that factor, power, and the length they were willing to go to get it. So the adagio for strings is the sadness of that reality or sadness of that world. Adagio in C minor, if I said adagio for strings, I don't know. So it's a beautiful and haunting piece of music. It's both melancholic and hopeful and purposefully perfectly captures the complex emotions of the show. It's played on solo piano, which is one of my favorite ways to express. Well, it's probably, it's definitely coming from a place of like, you know, bias. But I mean, it's a personal preference. So, hey. And um, if you go through his catalogue of, of compositions, you, you realise how much work he put into succession and, and how the, the amount of understanding or the amount or how well he understood the, the characters. And that, that's the thing about film music to note and I'll be talking about it a lot. Characters, character study, story development, story structure. And so... I mentioned this earlier last season film is going to be a large part of this so yeah anyway adagio for adagio why do i keep saying adagio for string adagio in c minor is a masterpiece and it's a testament to brittle's talent he did don't look up by netflix it's a very popular movie it's quite good leonardo dicaprio was in it ariana grande was in it uh, so many people, so many people. Interesting, interesting movie. He did the Underground Railroad, uh, a show with with very rich history, uh, with very with a very rich story behind it. If you watch Twelve Years a Slave, think that it's along those lines. No pun intended. Okay, I should have said it's along those along that road. And I would have said, no pun intended. So it's along that road. No pun intended. Ah, they didn't hit. But well. So that is most of it. Yeah, just three pieces. See how long I've spoken. So 
this is the first episode. Tell me how it went. Tell me what to think about it. It's a new season, so new vibes. Like, let's do this. Share, download, rate. Hopefully, the next episode would have someone on, and it wouldn't just be my boring voice and would vibe. Hopefully, by that time, to be watching the studio space. So, pray for me. You can pray for me with money too, you know. Help me out. But, ah, well. Either ways, much love. Thanks for being here. Take care.